Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby Podcast. Excuse me. I am your host, Teresa Reese. And normally what I do, I would read a a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. But I will not be reading a poem on today. I wanted to literally continue um, my episode as a phone call came in, um, even though I had it on Do Not Disturb, y'all. So what I'm learning about this is that... um, yeah, pretty soon I'll prob- probably be switching over to my laptop instead of doing these on my phone um, where there is less interruption and I can fully record without in- being interrupted. So my apologies, this will be Are You Ready? Part 2. So what I was saying in the initial episode is that do you know that there are times that people will draw their own conclusion of who they believe you are based off of someone else's experience with you? <clears throat> Excuse me. But if you would have allowed or if you would allow them to give you the chance to get to know you better or, or vice versa, then your experience with that individual, same individual, different experience, can be totally, totally different. And then whenever someone is saying something about you, they're like, I can't, I can't agree with that because that's not my experience with them. But a lot of times we will literally create this perception based off of what someone else said. We don't know the full backdrop. We only know what we're being told. And based off of that, we will draw the conclusion, eh, I don't like him. Uh, I don't like her. We don't have any true basis other than an opinion. And so, part of that may be that you're not ready. You're not ready to debunk someone else's perception. You're not ready to get to know that individual for yourself. You're not ready to own the fact that you know that certain relationships require work and you don't want to do the work. You'd rather just go the lazy route and be like, well, that's what they said about it. So it must be true. That's what they said about him. So it must be true. And that is something that I almost did because I am, and I mean, I know that there's a reason why I was most likely drawn to younger men than I was to older men, but I'm glad that I took an opportunity to debunk my own mind, truth be told, the way that I was thinking. What led me to believe that I only attracted younger men? What led me to believe that I literally did not attract older men? That was something that I, a conclusion that I drew based off of my experiences. Did not make it factual, but based off of my experiences, had I stopped there, this individual would have never gotten a chance. And we chuckle about it now because there were things about me that he literally almost, um, I'm going to just keep it 100. He no longer wanted to date women of color because of his past experiences. 
So I could have easily been knocked out of the equation based off of the color of my skin because of his past experiences. But he had a relative to tell him, I'm going to need you to go back to your own. And it just so happens that my photo is the photo that he ended up seeing after having that conversation with her. And so he was able to debunk based on his experience with me, some of the conclusions that he had drawn of people, of women of color. But he listened to wisdom. He listened to someone say, don't do that. You might want to reconsider your choices. Try again. You never know. But how many times have we literally made decisions where we thought we were ready, but we really just were not ready? Are you ready to hear someone say that you're not ready? See, as much as I talk about the Dear Future Hubby podcast, what if I'm really truly not ready to be married? What if this actually goes on for years, for decades? Before I ever, if I ever say I do. Well, y'all will just be on the journey and on the ride, huh? Yeah. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. But I used to not be okay with that. I used to not be okay with what if you're just not ready? It would bother me. And even when it came to the whole promotion thing and not getting promoted and knowing the reasons behind it. Was I ready for those truths or no? Because sometimes when you're trying to get ready, you know, they say this thing about um, you ought to be ready so that you don't have to get ready. But what if ready changes like the wind? What if your perception of ready changes like the wind? What if life changes and you were ready and then life changes and now Your whole definition of ready is different. I was ready to introduce my grandson to his great, great grandfather. But then life changed. Now I can just tell my grandfather in spirit. Do you see your great grandson? Isn't he beautiful? Isn't he absolutely beautiful? I am grateful that God allowed me to wear the crown of being a grandmother. I'm going to have him call me (laughs) T-Maw. But the fact that the one thing that I thought I was ready for did not manifest means that that happens quite often. Maybe I thought I was ready for a promotion, but then life hit me and it's been hitting me for quite some time. So because life is hitting me and it takes away from what it is that I'm doing full time to be present when I'm having these losses, maybe I just was not ready. Maybe 
once that starts to subside, I'll be ready. See, we get so caught up in sometimes feeling entitled that we miss the mark. I said for the longest, my aunt would tell me all the time, I think that you're going to end up dating an older guy. No, I don't think so. Take that somewhere else. I wasn't ready for those words. I wasn't ready for that to be my reality. I was not ready for that truth. And then lo and behold, after our very first date, listen to these words. After our very first date, I called my aunt, that same aunt, and said, huh, he would be a viable option for a husband. How did I know that? This is the same individual who I didn't hear from four weeks, up to four weeks or almost four weeks after our initial Zoom conversation. This is the same person that is older than me. And I said that I would never date an older man. This is the same person that literally told me about his past and his present. This is the same person that now all of a sudden I'm just like, wow, Lord, I see him. I see him. I see his heart. I see his mind. I see his spirit. I see his soul. I see this man. How is it where I kept saying, no, 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 no. Now I'm saying, yeah, 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 yeah. How did that happen? How did that happen? Some way, somehow, I became ready. Not for what I thought I was ready for, but for the experience that was provided to me. The experience that, hey, don't knock this out of the box. Don't make up in your mind that this is the only option that you have afforded to you or available to you. Don't do that. Don't limit yourself. And girl, you better not limit God because he can use whoever, whenever, however he chooses to. And he doesn't need your permission, Teresa, to do it. Let him be God while you are you. Take some of the pressure off too. Are you ready? Are you ready for your new normal? Are you ready to say goodbye to certain people? Are you ready to live your best life now? Are you ready to forgive yourself for all the wrong decisions that you made when you just didn't have the tools? Are you ready to do things differently? to think differently, to grow, to heal? Are you ready to be the best version of yourself? And you do understand that when you're becoming the best version of yourself, you're going to see ugly areas. There's no way for you to avoid that. You're going to see things and people and stuff that has impacted you in such a way that those areas are ugly to you when you see them. 
But God can turn ugly into absolutely beautiful if we allow him to. We can look up and be like, "Ooh, wow, that really was my testimony. Look what you did with all that dirt. I guess these dead bones really can live. That's the amazingness of God. That's why we should never limit him. I went through, and I'm still going through, hell and back. I would have never in a million years thought that I would be on a podcast talking about the hell that I've been through. I never thought, I always wonder, because I'm like, why got people around me girl you just you will you'll tell anybody anything about what you've been through I'm private I don't talk about my business like that but you know what I've never truly looked at it as my business I've really always kind of sort of looked at myself as a vessel and I remember when I told God you can use me however you choose Lord I probably should have been more specific because I've been through hell, y'all. You know, that's why they say don't pray for patience because when you pray for patience, you're going to go through some things. I had the audacity at 16 years old to pray for patience. I wonder if I could take that back because now it's 32 years later. And I'm like, well, Lord, I mean, I, I, I think I'm a little more patient or am I? Because I still feel like I'm going through some hell. (laughs) Y'all don't pray for patience. Not unless you really want to go through some things. Because if you pray for that, honey, you're going to go through some things that is going to require patience for you to get through. Be careful what you pray for because you just might get it. And I got it. And then some. And then some. And then some more. But even in all of that, the Bible says, in all thy getting, get an understanding. Now I understand that when I pray for patience, why some of the things transpired the way that they did. Now I understand. I didn't always understand. To be quite honest with you, I thought I had a target on my back because I was like, ooh, why? Ooh, every time I think about it, y'all, that's a weight. That's a weight when you think about all that you've been through, how much you've had to endure, what rejection feels like on so many different levels, not just one, oh, my first boyfriend dumped me. That's one level of rejection, honey. But when you start dealing with rejection on every freaking single level known to man just about, it can get to you if you do not have and pull from the strength of God. There's no way on this green earth that I could have endured, gone through and overcome all that I have in my lifetime had it not been for God, who I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt is on my side. Being ostracized, being mistreated, being abused verbally, physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, being mistreated, but people grinning in your face, acting like they for you, stabbing you in your back. Nobody can endure that stuff 
and smile and have a genuine smile and have the joy of the Lord unless you have the Lord in your life and in your heart. There's just no way. There's just no way, in my opinion, respectfully. Are you ready? Are you ready to see life differently? Excuse me. Are you ready to see life differently? Are you ready to explore the unknown? There's so many things about myself that I am learning. So many things about myself I wish that I could change. So many things about myself that I most likely, if I keep doing this work, the shadow work and every other work known to man, most likely I'll look up and be like, girl, there you are. There she is. Because I'm still a work in progress for those that don't know. I make a thousand mistakes in a day. How the Bible says a day in the Lord is a thousand years. Well, your girl makes a thousand mistakes in a day. Some way, form or fashion, I am doing something wrong. I I mean, somebody going to say, even if I don't say it, even if I don't know, there's someone complaining about me somewhere in the universe. That's just how life works. And I'm finally okay with that. Finally, it took me 48 years to be okay. To understand that what people say about you and think about you in a negative light ain't none of your business. Because people are going to find things wrong with you. They're going to find a way to critique you. They're going to find a way to judge you. They're going to find a way to mistreat you. They're going to find a way. But then there's the other side. There are people that are going to find a way to bless you, find a way to speak life into your life, find a way to pray righteous and fervent prayers over you, find a way to love you unconditionally, find a way to be there for you when no one else is. There are people that are set in place to hold up your ladder when you no longer can, to hold up your arms when you no longer can. Lean on those people. Don't worry about the people that don't like you, that don't care for you, that hate your gut. That's their problem. Don't make it yours. Are you ready? Are you ready to unlimit yourself as well as your creator? The Bible says, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. So God, on today, I'm casting my cares unto you. I'm asking for the people on this planet that no longer want to carry these burdens of job loss, of families being broken, of their hearts being broken, of their mental being disturbed, that no longer want to carry those burdens. They just want to give it to you, God, and ask you to fix it however you see fit because your ways are perfect and they are true. And every good and perfect gift comes from you. I surrender all to you, God. I surrender their burdens too. Have your way on today. Strengthen the weak. You said that you draw nigh to those who are broken in spirit, who have a broken heart and contrite spirit. So God, 
I'm surrendering my now situation to you. My heart is so broken. I don't want to be strong today, God. I need your strength. I don't want to lean on my own strength today. It's too much. I need your strength. So I ask that you go before me and my family and my friends and bless us indeed. Enlarge our territory. Place your hand before us so that the enemy will not touch or harm us mentally, physically, spiritually, or emotionally. Allow your peace to reign, rule, and abide in that church, Father God. Have your perfect way on today. Bless us, God, like only you can. Keep us, God, as we keep our minds stayed on you. Lord, you know I love you. I wouldn't be anything without you. I give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. And I am going to close out for the short poem that my, oh, in in Jesus' mighty name, amen. For those of you that don't believe in Jesus, in, in the prayer, agree or disagree. But I gotta just, that's where I'm at. <laughs> that's where I'm at. So the poem, it is a tribute to my grandfather, Orange Easley Jr. And it is written by yours truly, Teresa Reese. His nickname was Bubby. So those of you that are in the Austin, Texas area, if you know him personally, please have a moment of silence for him on today as we rest, as we lay him to rest. And here's the poem. Orange Easy Jr., a.k.a. Bubby, was one in a million. Real as they come. A man who was loved by many. Never forgetting his strength came from God. Gone but not forgotten. Each of us will remember you in our own special way. As you live in our hearts forever and a day. Rest in peace and in power. We love you. Your granddaughter, Teresa Reese. So I hope that y'all have the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. Again, my apologies that the first part was interrupted, but I hope that both parts bless you as I end part two. Be encouraged and do me a huge favor. Take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. And thank you for listening. Bye.